Welcome to the Woohoo Crew podcast, where cosmic culture meets pop culture, where we discuss topics like astrology, numerology, the mind-body connection, as well as sports, music, and entertainment. I'm your host, Brandon. I'm joined by my co-host, my pseudo-guru, Cheryl. We are the Woohoo Crew. Hello, Cheryl, my pseudo-guru. Welcome to episode 18. Let me start off the show as I do every week by asking you, did you catch any woohoo this past week? Woohoo, Brandon. Yes, I did. I've been noticing my negative patterning. That's what uh, deep meditations during Pisces season have done for me. Okay. And I have a negative pattern that I that I want to replace with a higher frequency. And the pattern is that I just don't have the patience to go places when I feel like there'll be a lot of people there. Can't blame you. (laughs) So I'm not able to practice the higher frequency of patience. And um, so I went to the DeKalb farmer's market on a very busy morning. Have you ever been there? Yeah, Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm so intrigued by everything about that place, how it works. And so I went there and they were out of organic dates and I've been trying to get them for weeks, maybe months. But since it was a busy time, there were people who were stacking the shelves. So I asked this really kind, generous gentleman about the dates and he told me how to go behind the scenes of the market yeah and he said look for people wearing a jacket like me and tell them what you want and so i went behind the scenes of the decal farmers market and it's like a whole new realm it is and i just felt like you know that's pisces right behind the scenes and i loved how all their shelves were very organized and they were really really generous with their friendliness and they were all so happy. And I told them what I needed and I got a whole bunch of organic dates. <laughs> nice, very nice. Yeah, and that just felt really good just to see what's happening behind the scenes. Apparently, did you know that the cashiers, they, um, if you look at their, cause they're from so many different countries that work there and then they have their name tags and on them, they have a symbol for yin and yang and they divide them up. Hmm. Um, so that, um, same, same amount of yins and yanks. Yeah. So like, interesting. It, it, and it's the energy, not female male, mm-hmm. uh, so that, um, it just balances out the harmony, especially during, um, the cashiers. Gotcha. So it's really interesting, but I, I've always had, even when it's been really, really busy, I still have a pleasant experience there. And then I remember it's okay to to have patience. Now, the interesting thing is I was working on my patients and I got my dates right away. And then when I went to check out, a cashier said, hey, I'm open. So it happened really fast. I didn't really get to work too much on my patients, but it did give me a lot of <laughs> currency. That's awesome. Been behind the scenes. Very cool. So how about you? Yeah, I, I have actually a, a lot of times that i've actually watched the news past couple weeks because we all obviously know what's going on in ukraine but what's been filling me with with woohoo is the humanitarianism that you see 
by like real people, like not politicians, you know, people who are waiting at the Poland border for these refugees to come in and they're there with supplies and food and water and phone SIM cards and they have buses to take people to different places. And you see these stories of like Europeans who drove like, you know, several days to bring diapers and blankets and cat food and things like that. And you're just, you're seeing, you're, you're really seeing the best of people as a result of some of the worst of people or, or person. And, and I, it's pretty awesome to see it. It makes me wish that I could do more, you know, here from the States to help. Cause, uh, but any, any, whenever I, I, I've seen a lot of that and it just really fills up the, the woohoo bank account. Yeah. What's possible for humanity, the highest, highest vision of all of us are connected and we're all helping each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, good deal. That sounds like it's been a a good woohoo week for both of us. And uh, we'll see you back in the first quarter. Okay. First quarter, reason for the season. Woohoo! Okay, first quarter, Cheryl, what is going on in the cosmos? Well, we're heading toward the equinox, the spring equinox. Yeah, that's that's kind of the reset, right? The start of the year? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're, we're at the end, the Pisces at the, at the last cycle and it's this end of the wheel, like the last spoke you could say, so that it's now believing something into being like, this is the time to, to become aware of your prayers and your dreams and bring them into attention put energy around them and really alert them and awaken them. Okay. And if you think about it, the Pisces, you know, they're known, right? It's the fish. And yep. did you know that the fish, they have these, uh, this, the fish have these nervous, their nervous system. It's very different from ours, but what they have is these sensitivity sensitive lines of nerves along each side of the body. And it senses even the tiniest change of pressure. Okay. So it senses the energy all around them and it, it brings them into attention and brings them into alertness. And so that's the time for us to really be alert and just awaken our, our sensitivity because that's, that's how we, we get strength from that, which sounds weird because often we've heard people say, Oh, they're so sensitive. Like it's a bad thing because Mm -hmm. if you're not, if you're not working on it as a powerful thing, like what you can do with the strength of your sensitivity, then it it would seem like you're too fragile perhaps to handle life. But this is the strength in the sensitivity and how you can spiral in toward the truth and back out to imagination using that strength of sensitivity. And you, you see how, all the dots are connected together. Why does why is that though that you're seen as weak if you're as a as a man if you're sensitive? Why do you think that is? Weird, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. It's cultural. It's not fair. Thing. Maybe it's totally not fair, and I think it's. <laughs> don't, but don't you think in our lifetimes it has changed a lot? Yeah, I, I mean, mental health, right? If you know it, it, which is somewhat related, it's kind of at the forefront of you know, things of, of societal issues right now, and it's being talked about. And I think that's a big part of the, maybe the reason for that change. 
Yeah, I think there's a way to have both. And I think there's a lot of, now we can see some icons, like even in the sport world, right? Can you think of somebody who has both a, a sensitivity and a powerful intuition working off perhaps the cosmic power as well as you know being physically really strong? Well, there's a couple guys in the NFL that have really taken on mental health as an initiative and they, they're doing a lot of incredible work. And one of them is actually uh, one of the tight ends for the Atlanta Falcons. Mm -hmm. um, Hayden Hurst is his name. And he went through some really, really hard times. And, you know, I don't, I, I could go into it, but it's, it, it may take us a little bit off course, but he's basically made a, an amazing comeback and is now, you know, leading some, charities and and things to to really help and, and bring awareness to it and the other one is the the dallas cowboys quarterback Dak prescott who is also um i don't his personal story isn't as deep as hayden hearse with his with his own mental struggles but he's had family members are and so you see these guys who are like widely respected and they're like you know you're not going to find a, a tougher guy than a you know a an NFL player, especially like a tight end or a quarterback who's taken a lot of hits and, you know, and so you, to see people like that, that are championing these, these causes, you know, it's, it's going to make people kind of rethink, you know, their own perspective on it. So I, a lot of credit to those guys and it's only going to get, it's only going to improve as we move forward. I think so too. And, and I mean, I, I really admire, I don't know if admire is the right word. I definitely admire, but I I'm drawn to magnetically drawn to that that strength that those that have the strength of intuition and sensitivity, as well as physically strong. What about Aaron Rodgers? What's your take on him? Cause he, I know he really likes Rumi and a lot of the spiritual mystical, the mystics, the poetry, he brings that into his stuff. He's a little bit of a mystery to me. I, I think the perspective on him from most football fans is that he's not a very likable guy. I think he's just different. You know, he's wired a little bit differently. My guess is if Aaron Rodgers played, let's say in 20 years from now, he'd be liked a lot more because, mm -hmm. I mean, he's a little bit eccentric. He's a mm -hmm. little bit of, he comes across a little bit of aloof or flaky. I don't know what the right word is. And a lot of people kind of think he's kind of an asshole, but I, you know, I, I don't get that vibe from him, but I can't really place or put, put a figure on how I feel about him. I just think he's, a little ahead of his time to me i see him as him kind of being himself right and i don't know if you see a lot of you know it's a risk to do that you know it's mm -hmm. a risk to do that if you're you know, if you're aaron Rodgers and you're you know the the mvp of the nfl you probably have a little bit more leeway to maybe you know be yourself but for guys that are fighting for their jobs and they're trying to sort of toe the the company line it's it's risky to sometimes act differently than you're your peers. So Aaron Rodgers, I don't really know. I kind of like him. I'm intrigued by him, but I don't really fully understand his vibe yet. We'll have to get him on the show. He does have a Scorpio moon. So of okay. course I'm drawn to that. And yeah, I feel like he, he does bring the, the mystical realm in. He uses his imagination and, and bringing that into the game, which I really like. And he's pretty open about that. Yeah. So this is the time right now to quest toward a vision. And he, he, you know, you can see how he does that as well. But for all of us to quest toward a vision and tear down an outdated dogma, this, this is it. And 
spiraling in toward the truth. And that's what Aaron, you know, with, with us, us that have a lot of the Scorpio frequency, spiral in toward the truth. That's the Pisces as well. And that gives us the, the spiritual intelligence coming into the truth and back out to imagination, that pulsating in and out. And sometimes we have to even get a little lost to witness that how everything works together, but imagining what is possible. And even, even with what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, imagine what's possible when humanity comes together and we can see that that is happening. And what for all of us personally, what rituals, what re routines reinvigorate our commitments and even noticing where we're off, where do we have these negative habitual habits that we could upgrade because to change a habit, you have to replace it with a habit. You can't just not have one, you know, like it's, we, you just have to, that's just how, how it works, the law of habits. So that's really interesting. But this, this week in particular is a time to make your dreams really lucid and, and to write the song, write the poem, to open yourself to otherworldly encounters, to bliss out to sacred chants and, and send the prayers and light candles for, for all, for all of humanity. And these, these dreams that we've, that we've all had throughout our lifetime about the, the oneness of humanity, for all of us to have that consensus, this is the time to really project that out there and make it happen. Okay. And I, I remember a lot of, so a lot of my meditation and yoga teachers and mystery teachers, mystic teachers throughout the years have said the same thing over and over that, that there's this groups of people everywhere. Some of them really quiet that don't, you know, they don't have like an Instagram account to, <laughs> to showcase themselves praying, you know, <laughs> a lot of them, you know, in caves or whatnot, probably don't even have uh, internet connection there to help their meditations get even stronger, but people are, are doing their part and, and if it, it works in a percentage. So we want it to have at least 51% on the high frequency, the positive, the light, the woohoo. And if we have that, then that will, we will not have like a world war. And I've heard that from so many different realms and that just makes sense. So we can all do our part of not spiraling down, even complaining about, oh my goodness, they don't have organic dates at the farmer's market. <laughs> Nobody oh, does that. Oh, no. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like just yeah. catch up. We can catch ourselves. That's what I'm doing. I'm catching myself because complaining is, is actually, um, even if you're complaining in your mind, that's thought pollution, weirdly. And then if you if you vocalize it, then that's the sound current. That's your set sound pollution. Mm. And then it, you know, and it keeps going. If you have if you have take action with it, then that's even more of a groove of a of a negative of a of a lower frequency. And then having those habits can just it spirals down. So anything that we can catch ourselves doing that is not of the highest moving toward the revolution of humanity just catch yourself and see if you can clear it particularly before the equinox okay all right people listeners you have your mission 
Yeah, because it's, it's a water sign right now, Pisces. So this is the time to regenerate and heal. And, and even if it's, you know, this is the time heal, regenerate, recover from anything, any old traumatic, even if it's, you know, your, your, your mom was drinking Diet Coke and didn't pick you up when you were little or whatever, and you took that as a trauma, like all those things, healing from that, finding the best way, whether it's meditation or another form of another modality to help with that, this is the time to do it. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much. And we'll see you back here for the second quarter. Okay. Second quarter. Woo wire. Woohoo! We're back. Second quarter. I tell a story. Pseudo guru channels a cosmic force on the woohoo wire. And we ask that cosmic force a question about my story. Today, I want to talk about rituals. So, we actually taped the third quarter this week ahead of this quarter. And one of the things our guests brought up was the importance of family rituals. And it got me thinking. I had a really good childhood. Shout out to my mom and dad for that. Uh, part of what made it good was the various things that we did together. One of my favorite memories were regular poker games that we had on Friday nights. Yes, my parents taught me poker when I was probably about 10. It's kind of funny looking back on it now, but I think it turned out okay. Another one is that my dad and I ate breakfast at this little pancake joint on most Saturdays. I've never, I never realized this, but I'm not sure what my older brother was doing at the time. Maybe they had their own secret thing, but I can vividly remember those meals. One ritual that we had that was not always that fun was that we had to wait for my grandma to come over at like 9.30 in the morning on every Christmas morning. And then they had to get coffee going and the, and the presents didn't start till around 10. And as a kid, I got to tell you, that was absolute torture. But looking back, it had its merits. Now, I have to admit, I haven't really been conscious of creating these family rituals with my own family. As, as most of you know, I have an eight-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son and my wife, Molly. We do have some rituals that have been created without, I guess, uh, intentional thought. So for example, we eat dinner together almost every night. And I realize that that gets harder the older that your kids get. So I, I know that we need to find ways to keep that going. We, we do have game nights now on uh, Friday nights, at least with the eight-year-old. We give the four-year-old uh, quote-unquote special time on the iPad. We have incredible neighbors that we, who also have similar age kids. So we celebrate birthdays together and we do a lot of fun things. And uh, so my question is this week, how can you pick the best rituals for your family or friends? And how can you ensure that they remain a consistent part of your lives. Neptune here. Wow. Hey, Neptune. How are you doing? I'm great. Holy cow. I, uh, I can, I can feel your presence here. Thanks for coming down. You're so welcome. Okay. Well, I really like your question, and I'm glad you're bringing in this into your family. Great. Do you know about me? 
Uh, I, a little bit, but why don't you tell our listeners? We have a lot of people listening as well, too. So why don't you tell our listeners about you? I'm glad you have people listening globally because certainly they're listening galactically. We listen as we, you know, we travel too. And so we listen to your podcast as we travel around the sun. That's great. Thanks for listening. We appreciate that. Helps us keep our ratings up. Yeah. In, intergalactically, you're doing really well. Yeah. Um, so what I help you do is show you how you are divine, show you your highest spiritual energy, where you evolve, how you can merge into your highest identity, your highest divinity, and the deep mysticism, helping you cultivate that, understand it. And I help with the alchemy of merging with the divinity and your, your visionary, the visionary part of you. Now, the negative, I have a shadow side too, which what I really love about your podcast is that you, you don't uh, make people wrong for having a shadow side. You don't cancel them. You don't complain about their shadow side. You accept it. And that's why we listen to you because even us planets have shadow sides. So <laughs> my shadow would be just getting lost and escaping. Okay. And yeah. And you know how there's ways. So even families, like there's a way to connect and there's a way to escape. And if you've noticed, like I have been in Pisces since 2011, 2012, I'll be okay. in Pisces until I think 2026. Wow. As I've been there, you've seen lots of the ways that you can escape have really grown. Have you noticed that? So there's sweet escapes, you know, like you can escape. It's not wrong. Nothing's really wrong or right. But you can escape through TV or social media. Yeah. So or- if I'm binge watching on, we have a thing called Netflix here, which is, has a lot of uh, television shows that we like to watch. So if I binge watch on Netflix for like three days in a row, is that escaping? Three days, like all day, like 24 hours? Sure. That's excessive. That might be excessive. I mean, it how about, depends. On- how, about for, how about for one day? 12 straight hours of Netflix. Well, that's the thing. I, I help you escape, but you have, you know, you, I would think that you would want to find the balance because you can escape temporarily and then you want to anchor to your world as well. And that's what you're asking, like how to anchor your family into a ritual and have it be a way that you unite with your, with all of your divine gifts, right? Is that what you're asking? For the ritual to help you with that it was yeah i got us a little off track with the netflix but let me re-ask that question so what if i what if we like had family movie night is that escaping well that's that's a that's a way of connecting for sure of of if you have a family movie night and then a way to even make it more ritualistic and more perhaps meaningful is to afterwards do something together like make cr- create some art with it or play a game with it, maybe a little trivia about it. Um, do something with it. Use your imagination in, in the way that um, like after the movie, maybe all gotcha. of you okay. draw a picture or maybe write a note to one of the characters, something like that, or create, create a poem. Or maybe if there's a, a, a music that is in the movie that you've watched or the show, create a dance to it. Okay. So don't, not making anything wrong that you can, you don't need to 
uh, have a candle and pray or something like that. Now that that works well, but it can be anything that you want to. That's that's what I help you do is use your imagination. So like and getting lost, getting lost in, in a show, getting mesmerized in a show is a fabulous way to to do that. And it can help you help strengthen your sensitivity as well. So that's one of the things that you could do is watch a show and then create some art from from the show like meet some art together either together just one big piece of piece of paper or individually okay Mm -hmm. or a dance something like that would be really fun um so tell is there something that your whole family is that that you all have in common that you like to do besides watching movies and playing playing games is there something else that you all like to do maybe you do it more individually and you could bring yourselves all together to do it fishing Mm -hmm. yeah so that's a thing where you're familiar with fishing right yes very much because you know i I rule pisces so right 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 yeah now does that offend you that we're taking fish out of their their habitat the word offend is so funny for, for us, you know, because you can't offend me. So I've, I'm not, I don't, it's not in my programming. You, gotcha. you don't have, you don't have the power to offend me. And, you know, if you say something that is, is um, that I don't, that I don't find of the highest vibration, I might not want you around my moons or something, but um, I might not invite you to astral project to my planet for the moment, but I'm not going to be offended. You don't have the power and I want you to not have the power to be offended as well. Yeah. Well, that's uh that's a tricky one these days, mm-hmm. but I'm glad you both, you, you host of this podcast, you're not easily offended. Correct. I think so. Yeah. I've never heard either one of you say that you were offended. Yeah. That's in your programming. So yep. if you do get offended, you can program yourself not to because when you say something like, I'm so offended, then you're bringing that into your body and your body's made of water. Your body is so beautiful, you know? So that's interesting about the fish because you have so much water in you and water holds vibration. So when you say, I feel bad, or you made me feel bad, or you offended me, you are actually power programming, powering up your body to feel that way. You send a whole message to your system to go bad, to go offensive. So don't, yeah. yeah. I feel like so a lot of, I feel like a lot of people seem to be that way these days. Yeah. Well, it's um, contagious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a contagion. We need a vaccine for that. Well, the vet, I'm a, you could, well, my currency is a, is a fan. <laughs> it didn't have to be. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that it has to be a, uh, a, medis- a a pharmaceutical vaccine, mm-hmm. but perhaps right. a, just, a mystical vaccine. Well, water. So, you know, I rule the oceans and the waters, oh. the deep, deep seas. So one thing you could do is when you drink water, you could, you could have two glasses and in one, the first glass, you could, and this is something you could do with your family. Here we go. In one glass, you could put the way that you're feeling that you don't want to feel anymore. Like maybe it's I'm offended or okay. um, what's another feeling that you could have that you don't want to, 
or another state of being that you don't want Je- to be. Jealousy? Yeah, I'm jealous. I'm anything like that. Or let's say I don't have enough um, of something. I don't have enough toys. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough um, fish. And then in the other glass, what it is you're going for and make it in the present moment. So I am filled with joy. I am, I have enough. I have abundance, whatever that is. And you can make it really way more specific than that. And then you pour, you pour water into the the first glass, what you do no no longer want to be. And then you pour it into the second glass and you drink it with that remembrance in your mind. And that's one way of doing it. That would be a fantastic ritual that you could do. You could even have drawings of how you how you are and how you want to be. Let me re- let me repeat that one back to you, that first one. Okay, so I have two glasses. Uh, mm-hmm. In one glass, I have the, the things that I don't feel good about. The other glass, mm-hmm. I have things that I feel very good about. I put the water in the things I don't feel good about. And then I pour it into the other glass that I feel good about and I drink it. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a, it's a way of, of moving from one state to the other with the water. And it's because water that's, you know, um, so that's how I am. Neptune, you know, me, Neptune, the, I help with the magic. It's, it's, it's definitely magic. So so water, not, not beer. It's not the same effect. Water would be better, particularly with your kids. And so you (laughs) probably, and so you label the two cups. One with water is your current situation. The empty cup is your desired situation. Mm -hmm. So let's say, yeah, your current reality could be, I don't have any, I don't, all my toys are broken and nothing to play with. And then your desired reality would be, I have so many toys and I really want to share them with everybody. I'm trying this tonight at our family dinner. This would be really good. And then yeah. you, you meditate on, on how each reality feels. So you, you, you feel what your current situation is like, and then maybe even express it. And at first, you're all going to need help with that because oftentimes as humans, you're not going to want to feel the the feelings right that's where my colleague the moon comes in to help you feel so feel what it's like when the current situation that you don't want anymore and then imagine the pot the more positive situation will feel like and pull pour the water while holding on to the positive feeling your desired situation and get really, really present. Identify it, feel it, see it, hear it. Use all of those beautiful senses that you humans have. Pay attention to the sound of the water being poured into the desired reality cup. And it sounds silly, I know, but envision, you can even envision sparkles or glitter and let your kids help you with that. Like, oh, can you, can you, because it's going to be easier for them to envision like a bright light or sparkles. And then you pour the glass into the desired reality cup. You meditate on it. And then um, you just imagine that it's, it has that positivity, that joy, whatever that is, the gratitude, those high, high vibrations. And as you drink it, you hold on to that powerful, positive feeling. Got it. Okay. Yep. So let me ask you also while you're here. So is there, have you noticed any things that humans do 
as far as rituals, like family rituals that uh, are any better than others? Or is it really just simply a matter of just doing things maybe consistently over time together? I really like that question. Thank you. I think doing it consistently and not doing it as a performative act. Performative. Okay. Meaning you're yeah. videoing, putting it up on Instagram or something. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And maybe over time after you've done it and if everybody agrees to, Hey, we figured this thing out to show, but that can get things mixed up because you want to portray, you know, oftentimes I see families who want to portray themselves a certain way. And of course, reality hits and it's not looking like you want. So just let, let what happens, happens. I find the creative act painting, any kind of artwork that you're doing together. So it's not the parents supervising. It's everybody has a paintbrush or everybody is writing a, a rhyme. Everybody's doing something together. And you may, maybe set the timer, like my friend Saturn, oh, he would love to know if you're using a timer. Now for me, time is sort of what? But you're, you're, Saturn, you're, you're blushing a little bit there, Neptune. Yeah, well, have you seen Saturn? Mm, yeah, he's quite, he's quite what you were talking about. He's very strong and very sensitive. Okay. Yeah, he's- My kind of guy. He's your kind of guy. And he likes to be on time. And so set a timer and say, let, and then make it a game. Let's see how long we can paint. Now this works really well. Um, what if you, you added your breath after a while, you just, and so it, the, the drawing or the, the paint, it didn't have to look like anything. You just moved with your breath, took an inhale and had a stroke of a, a paintbrush or a marker and exhale and see what happens. That could take a minute. That's something cool to do right before dinner to see where everybody's breath is and call it your, and then you have a picture of your breath and have your breath lead the way to the art. That would be really cool. So not having to make it look like something, that's where I see families get caught up when we're watching. Um, the, there's the more imaginative you can be, the better. And then of course, like for me, this is, you know, this is, my projection, because what I want is for all of you to talk about your dreams. Have you ever done that where you and your family members have discussed a dream that you have, whether it's a dream while you're, uh, while you're asleep or a dream while you're awake? No, no, we have not. That would be really cool too, to yeah. talk about your dreams and to explain what that means to your children. And um, even asking, you can ask things right before you go to sleep, you could say, this is what I want to know, you know, and then you sleep and then you wake up and it's good to write or draw right when you wake up. So you don't forget what's going on in those unseen dimensions. So that's what I help you do on the invisible realm. So those, the unseen forces, and I want you to be tapped into the unseen forces, the very high and evolved ones. And I want your family to have that too. Hey, I have a question about dreams. This is a little off topic. So I have a dog and my dog, a lot of times when she's sleeping, her, her paws are moving like back and forth. And is, is, is it true that she's probably running in her dream? Oh, of course. Yeah. Of okay. Course. And usually dog, now you see dog D O G. Yeah. Spelled backwards. Yep. Right. Yeah. 
Well, oftentimes what they're doing is, is um, dogs are helping you, helping their family members. They're okay. taking something that um, is tricky for, for you and they're alchemizing it. That's what they do. Cats as well. So they, and they help you connect to your higher purpose. I knew it, man. I knew. I just, I'm so glad I, I had some, I had a cosmic force to confirm my notion of dogs running in their dreams. It makes me so happy. Oh yes. And that's why they're with you. They're there. They're with you because, and they've chosen you and they're helping you They're They want your dreams to come true. That's why they're there. So, um, which is why you just want, you know, you want to be around them all the time because they're, they're there for you. Love and it. what I want for you is to indulge in your artistry and your creativity and your storytelling and your spiritual seeking. That's what I want for you and your dog. What your dog can do is help you with any of the things that are distracting you from doing those. Very good. Well, Neptune, thanks so much for being here. That was a big help to me, hopefully a lot of people. And uh, I think that was a pretty cool topic that we covered. Thank you very much. Safe travels back. Thank you. Bye-bye. Third quarter, the interview. Woohoo! Welcome back to the third quarter. We've got two very special guests today. Cheryl, who are we talking to? Very special guests. We have Emily and James Van Cleve. They are partners. They're both Pisces moons and they have both been on the cast before. So you all recognize them. Emily Van Cleve is a spiritual psychologist and my mom. And James Van Cleve has his master's in engineering and his doctorate in theology. And he is my dad. Welcome both of you to the show. Welcome back. Good to be here. Yeah. So we've been considering during this Pisces season and the 12th house realm, all about spirituality and dreams and mysticism, which you both have been in those realms for as long as I've known you. Even though when you met, you were both two different religions. So how have you navigated that from the time that you met when dad checked your mouth to check your teeth to now working together spiritually? Just tell your story because I think it will be inspiring for others who think they have to be with somebody who agrees with them 100% on their, on their spiritual practices. Well, we did have a very funny beginning. We were two of the least likely people to get together. I was an East Coast city girl and Jim was a farm boy from the Midwest and we met at the University of Illinois <clears throat> our freshman year. He knew I wasn't Catholic because our first date on a Friday, I ordered a hamburger fish. <laughs> but that is true. I think it was after several dates, you checked, wanted to look at my teeth. I don't... <laughs> I said, are you buying a horse? <laughs> it was yeah. just basic, basic research. You know, I, I am a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, even though we were young 
18, we, we got into discussions on spirituality even then. Uh, and, and this, and Jim being an engineer, he was still very interested in spirituality and um, philosophy. And he analyzed, you know, from the beginning, what is love and how do you know you're in love? And love is so much bigger than just an attraction between two people. And so we had an interesting romance. I went back to New Jersey and back then to call long distance was quite expensive. You would um, send messages via Morse code. <laughs> I, was a, I was a ham radio operator. I mean, I had from four, I guess I was 13 or 14 when I got my license. And, and what you do is you could have, um, you know, you could just send Morse code messages to people like in Newark or neighbors. When you find a ham and you're talking to them, you, you send a message. It's like a telegram. And then they call um, and say, hey, uh, Jim sends you a message kind of a thing. I don't think, I guess hams still do that, but I, I don't think so. But Were you impressed by that, Emily? <laughs> I think it went deeper than that. Um, somehow, Jim graduated in a five-year program in two and a half years. So he came out to New Jersey and the romance bloomed. This October we'll be married 58 years. So wow. I guess he got my attention and we mm -hmm. still surprise each other. We always said when we figure each other out, we'll, we'll part, but we, we're still a mystery. Yeah, not making much headway there, but <laughs> yeah. Well, you could, t you could tell just by um, our daughter's wonderful personality that I think she inherited the best from both of us. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. But when it comes to different religions, um, I mean, all the, <clears throat> we slowly got into, started to understand and study mysticism. All religions have their mystics and those are the most fascinating people. And the definition of a mystic is not something uh, mysterious or what that, it's just a direct connection with the divine. You don't okay. have to go through a saint or a priest or a, um, a preacher or anything like that. You, you, uh, basically a direct connection, something you can literally feel. They usually associate the feeling with the heart. And if you go, if you look at the lives of the saints, I mean, all of them, Mother Teresa, I mean, uh, of, the, of the Catholic saints. The Sufis, Rumi and uh, Hafez, by the way, are the most incredible mystics in their 12th and 13th century. Um, the, the evangelicals, don't really push mysticism. Uh, they have a little different uh, way of going, but there are still uh, mystical evangelicals. They're just kind of rare. So as you start studying this stuff, you find an incredible commonality between, between all people, really, uh, not just religious people. And it, it makes you really feel one. Their basic, the basic movement is a oneness kind of thing. We're all one. And, you know, we try not to divide and, uh, you know, fight each other um, if we're all one. If you know that we talked about yin and yang last time about the two, mm -hmm. the, the female and the male symbol. And of course, the third symbol is the, the chi, the energy that holds these together. But where the male, the white one has a black spot, the black one has a white spot. So in every masculine, there's a little feminine and vice versa kind of a thing. Is Tao Tzu guy, 
uh, back in 600 BC or so, the Chinese guy that invented the Tao, uh, this guy was brilliant. I mean, his stuff is good stuff. And he's the one that invented this whole yin yang chi thing. Oh, discovered it, let's put it that way, not invented it. <laughs> what, what, was, what were your religious affiliations when you met? Well, I grew up in a um, Jewish, and Jewish okay. is more than a religion. And Jim was a devout Catholic. And okay. um, the interesting thing was he, he felt that was a, an individual and private uh, thing. It really bothered him that I hadn't been baptized at the time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, our, our love and our connection, our heart connection was deeper than, and than that. But um, obviously, I think when you come from such different backgrounds, there has to be something deeper. But um, it was interesting. Our parents, who live 1,200 miles apart, also recognized each other. I think there's a recognition, a soul recognition. And we never had issues like other families with who you spent time with. Our parents were friends. When my mother passed when I was 25, and my dad came out and spent time on Jim's parents' farm. Oh, nice. very healing. Rode the track there. Yeah. yeah. That was our, our background. But yeah. um, we and don't now, have any um, religious. Um, it's called it's called new thought. It's it's really uh, mysticism on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> mysticism on steroids. I like that. So could could you explain then, Dad, about the Neptune? and Pisces, since you were talking about yin and yang, planet Neptune is a feminine type planet. It's considered like Venus and the moon, more feminine, the dreamy, poetic planet. It's named after the god Neptune, the Roman god Neptune, who has someone so similar, may even be the same god as Poseidon. So how would you explain that based on your theological studies and your Mystic. Well, that's um, astronomy answers uh, seems to answer that. But yeah, Poseidon, in no way was he feminine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, he, uh, him, and Aphrodite got it on, and uh, and he married um, this Amphitrite. Her name was, and um, she was actually a mermaid, a, a Nereid, N-E-R-E-I-D. She mm. was a sea goddess, and of course, he cheated on her too. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, so I said, gee, how's it, how'd that work when the Romans took, when they decided to name Neptune, they, it didn't discover Neptune, uh, Galileo discovered it, but he didn't realize it was a planet, mm. because it was right in the constellation of Aquarius, now that should wake you all up, because uh, uh, aqua, agua, aqua in Latin is a feminine noun, mm. water is a feminine noun in Spanish and uh, in all the Latin, all the um, the Latin languages, so he discovered it in in Aquarius, and it was back in the early '60s. I was able to see it on a telescope at the University of Illinois, and I remember it being kind of a blue green. It was an eerie planet to look at. I mean, you could just get hypnotized by it. Um, but it, it turns out it's when uh, Voyager went by, the satellite Voyager went by a few years ago, they discovered it was a, like an electric blue. It is really something. And when you stare even at a picture of it, it can kind of mesmerize you a little bit. 
so it's blue and so the uh, say well it must be all water well it turns out it's all ice um and it's it's somewhat some water ice but it's also some methane that's frozen so there's that and there's a bunch of clues that, that say i started to write them down and the fact the fact that the poseidon you know basically his his woman of choice was the the sea nymph so when they decided to name it Neptune, I, I guess they figured that, well, you know, they had to name it after one of the gods. And, and Neptune and Poseidon was probably number two god behind Zeus, mm -hmm. uh, which was Jupiter and um, is Jupiter. And so they had all the other gods, but they didn't have Pluto yet because they hadn't discovered Pluto, which is just uh, Latin for the Hades uh, character, uh, Hades god. So every single planet out there is named after a god. Uh, Venus, of course, is a, a female. I guess Earth isn't a god yet. Maybe we'll make it one someday. But so when they named it, I guess they decided that there was a human, there was a female um, aura, if not a something going on with that planet. Uh, and of course, the fact that it was discovered in Aquarius means something. But they decided to uh, to the astrologers at least it decided that it had a female personality i guess you'd say even though it had a male name mm -hmm. so, which is kind of kind of fascinating really if you can look at or google it and take a look at a picture of neptune the one taken by voyager it's it just just stare at that for a while and it'll kind of i don't know it'll it'll get to you let's put it that way is it the feminine I think it is. I don't think it's the Poseidon and all of his. You know, Poseidon is pretty tough character. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't. I don't think Poseidon strikes you in the heart like. Uh, like. Yeah. This Poseidon. Do you do you feel like Poseidon helps? Like helps us to get spiritually evolve in any way or transcend? Does he have any of those um, currencies? Well, all the great gods, I mean, well, you know, the three brothers, Zeus, um, Poseidon, you know, and Hades. Um, I don't know if anybody would call them spiritual, you know, by their personalities. At least the, the Greeks, when they wrote about them, they, they described them as really manly men, uh, gods, I guess, mm -hmm. and um, w with all the failings. But, you know, they were flawed, of course, um, because they reflected human qualities, I guess. So, you know, it's hard to find spirituality in the Greek gods. Well, I mean, you can find some in, um, you can find some, though. I mean, Mercury, the messenger, um, is basically, you know, right now we, we can recognize angels as messengers. And so there's... Yes, there is a Greek, a basic pagan, shall we call it, a Greek religion that recognizes these gods and what they do for mankind and how you, Poseidon, let me tell you, Hades and Zeus, not so much anymore, but Poseidon, let me tell you, every sailor that goes out and as soon as you hit a big storm, I think I mentioned this last time, you know, you're, you're praying to Poseidon yeah. to back off. Yeah. Well, I think, and I think Poseidon helps with the mystery of the, the, the cosmic consciousness, which, you know, the, in Neptune, the water as a source of life. I think he, he helps with that and perhaps 
he's more of the masculine aspect of the water, more turbulent water, whereas the the goddess is the the more nurturing, the the great mother goddess, the the, the ecstasy, and maybe together they they create the ecstasy that the visionary that Neptune inspires. Perhaps that's the the whole game there between the two of them, the the holy the holy water, the holy wells. So um, in terms of with, with Neptune and Pisces, and since you both have your Pisces in moon with prayer, do you think that you have, do either one of you think you have to have a religion to pray? No, absolutely not. And do you have to play, pray a certain way or are there all different kinds of ways to pray? Well, some are more effective than others, but but uh, like affirmative uh, has been proven scientifically to be more um, effective. Uh, prayer. Ex explain that a little bit. Affirmative prayer is when you're affirming a con something that you want to manifest and you something put it positive. something positive in the present time. All we have is the now moment. You pray directly to however you want to look at it, either the higher self within you, or you pray to the divine, call it life, call it God, call it spirit, call it, um, there are many attributes, call it beauty, call it joy, call it life itself. And, um, and you're affirming what you want to bring about. But um, the most important thing is to have feeling behind it and to um, really be clear on what it is you want to see manifest. Yeah, and this is nothing really new. I mean, the, the Bible, the St. Paul says, you know, God only says yes and amen. So if you say, gee, I realize I'm having a stupid day because I'm stupid, God says <laughs> yes. Um, so you don't want to say that. <laughs> You want to say, I, 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 I feel really smart today. God's going to say yes. I'm taking notes very closely here, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Everything is reflected back. What you put out there is reflected back. There's no judgment. Um, the divine world, there's no judgment. So um, be, really be careful of, of your thoughts. Um, they're very powerful. So Right, like the because we're made of mostly water. And they, right, there was the, the Japanese scientist, Dr. Emoto, I think his name was, yes. where he had one glass of water where he said really mean things to it. And then the other glass where he said really love, loving things. And the mean one, like after looking in a microscope, it, uh, the water molecules looked like diseased and um, they looked horrible. And then the other glass where it was loving kind, kindness it looked like individual, beautiful, mystical snowflakes. And so that's the same with us. Like, even if we say something like, oh, I feel really bad about your situation, then, then your body, the, the water inside of you will, okay, that's, that's the, because it's programming. Just like a computers are programming, we program ourselves, then all of a sudden you start to feel bad. And, and you know, so that's really interesting with how, how the sound, your sound code is, how, how that works. So how about to either one of you, dad, I know you had your mom when you broke your neck, when you were like six or seven, didn't your mom pray to a saint for you? Do either one of you want to share that story about the saint? 
what yeah, happened? She prayed to a, I mean, I was, I was hurting. I was um, written off as dying and, and actually got into the newspaper uh, until, until this doctor showed up um, who was a young punk looking doctor. And um, he had just came back from Iwo, Iwo Jima where he had worked for years on um, the, the, the Japanese never gave up. I mean, they, they ran out of bullets and everything else like that. And all they had left was judo. And boy, did they use that judo. Mm -hmm. They broke like a thousand Marine necks and army necks. And his job was to fix them. You know, it, it, it's, it's kind of a fascinating story. But about the saints, my mother goes to the priest because she was, you know, Irish Catholic and said, you know, I, I want to pray. And uh, she said, I'm thinking of St. Christopher. He said, St. Christopher is, he's, I can't do his Irish accent, but it was a strong one. He said, St. Christopher is so busy. He said, there's a new saint out there from Africa. And I think his name was uh, Frumentius, who was a patron saint of Ethiopia. And he said, there's hardly any black Catholics. Uh, pray to him, he's not busy. <laughs> she thought that was funny, but she prayed to him and here I am. So... It seems to work. St. Christopher got a, a piece of the action too. Don't worry about that. But <laughs> the, uh, yeah, so it helps to have the saints and archangels on your side. Did, now, didn't she say, didn't something happen before she passed that she wanted you to remember that the saint or didn't she have something? The she, medals. Yeah, she, she had these little tiny medals and they were, you know, they're solid silver. I just looked at them this morning and uh, she had, well, she had a couple Virgin Mary ones and she had a couple of, uh, Pope John the 23rd but the rest of them I'm not sure where they got to yeah you in those days you bought a little medal usually from the church the church could order these things they still can and you get these and you hold them in your hand when you pray it just it's just a, it's like a rosary it reminds you of what you're doing and uh, who you're trying to and the saints are you ask them to intervene or to, to help you out Mm -hmm. You don't really pray to them. You don't worship the saint. You shouldn't anyway. Mm -hmm. You're asking them because they have a they have a connection. They're right up there with the big boy and or the girl. <laughs> and so they intervene a little bit. They say, little Jimmy's got a broken neck. Uh, come on, God, fix that. And that sort of stuff. I don't know what they say, but something yeah. like that. And does, does it work? I don't know. It does, but it certainly makes the prayer feel better. Like they're really doing something. Mm -hmm. It's an affirmative thing. That's a pretty solid strategy by the uh, by your mom. They're going with the you know the less busy saint. That was that was pretty crafty. Yeah. yeah. Actually, um, back um, in '89 or '90, when I was very ill and they didn't think I would be here, she, my mother-in-law, brought out that medal and started praying to that saint again. And um, one day, my um, Three doctors I was working with, one from China, an acupuncturist, said, this is your lucky day. And I had turned the corner. Oh, wow. and, um, and that was another interesting story. My doctor at the time, my regular internist, his name was Dr. Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T. When I didn't pass, when I, and we wanted to thank Dr. Wright. And Jim tried to find him. He left the practice mm. and Jim called. He was told there was never any doctor. Whoa. And Jim That's... tried to find him, but 
we recognized he came out with things that hadn't been discovered yet in the Journal of... Uh, New England Journal of, of, of Medicine or Health or whatever it was. Uh, this, the condition she had, a little bit like COVID, was treatable with massive doses of steroids because you had to shut down the autoimmune system, which was going crazy. And he said, he just read the, he told me, he said, he just read the New England Journal of Health the other night. And it said massive doses of, of, of cortisone or one of the steroids. So when I called like two or three months later and they said he doesn't exist and never did exist here, never worked here. There was never a doctor right. I called the New England Journal of Health, whatever it was. And I said, you have an article on use of steroids for, for you know, treatment of, of this disorder. And the editor says, yes, yes, absolutely. It'll be published next month. You know, like, oh boy, you know, where are we going here? <laughs> so, that's wild. <laughs> we figured out this Dr. Wright, and that's a heck of a name for an angel. Um, <laughs> was an angel. Was the real thing. Yeah, because you found no record. That's that's crazy. No, if he's listening right now, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we have a lot of the angels and the saints and sages Ooh. and Dave, Davey's listening to our to woohoo. Obviously, oh, we can even go back further with angels. Um, when Cheryl Cheryl decided to come early, she just couldn't wait to come out into this physical world, and I was at a Catholic hospital. Jim dropped me off in those days. They wouldn't let him come in with me. He told me to have a good weekend. <laughs> and I remember this beautiful um, nun, sister, all in white with these penetrating blue eyes, holding my hand and telling me everything would be okay. Obviously, it turned out everything. We have this, our beautiful daughter, but it was touch and go. And I wanted to thank her and give her a little gift and a thank you. And she, they didn't know who I was talking about. She just appeared in the night. Wow. I still visualize her. So, um, wow. yeah. But you have to, you have to recognize in order to see an angel, you have to recognize it's a matter of recognition. Somebody in our cases, they show up, they do some incredible thing and then they disappear, not to be found. And it's happened to us on a bunch of occasions. And, or they give you a message, uh, a messenger. I mean, angels are, I mean, the, the Greek word for angel, angel is messenger. I mean, uh, that's what they really do. But you have to say, gee, who the heck was that? You know, somebody comes in, does something incredible and then disappears. And you, you got to keep your eyes open and say, what? What's going on here? Yeah. It's really fascinating. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. So but you, uh, you always taught me like the people who are living, like, like for instance, Father Royer, you said, look into his eyes. You could always tell if somebody was the real deal, like a real sacred vessel, you could tell through their eyes. And even though you were brought up Jewish, you really got a lot out of you, you, out of Father Royer's teachings, your spiritual intelligence grew from him and you went to church with us, you would go there as opposed to a different church with a different priest who you felt didn't really have the, the spiritual intelligence that it took. Well, yes, 
but you actually, mine, mine started earlier because we were married by a priest in New Jersey uh, who it turned out when I was a young child, um, he ran an orphanage and my friends and I put on shows for the kids. Turned out wow. to be the same priest and he was so spiritual. And at the time I had to meet with him for like six weeks for instructions. That was Jim's big fear back then. Um, that uh, it's funny how it changed, but we were so young. But anyway, I could still picture him. He was such a wise man. But then my mother had a lot of wisdom. She used to say, just go out in nature. The divine hears you. Just go out and spend time because we're connected to everything. We're connected to nature. And when you're feeling uh, lost or want some answers or um, to feel connected, just go out in nature and God or however you refer to the divine world will hear you. The butterflies, the little fairies, the nymphs. Cheryl was two, two years old, two and a half when my mother died. And Cheryl had my mother guiding her from, st she still does. My mother's one of her spirit guides. So um, another thing that's important, no matter where you're coming from, I think is some kind of ritual. So Jim and I decided we would have our own rituals. Since we came from such different backgrounds, we wanted ritual with our family so they can embrace some of the things we loved from both of our backgrounds, even though we weren't following them per se. So I recommend that. Like I know, Brandon, you have young children and I've listened to all the podcasts and all that you do with your children, but family ritual, I think is, wonder is, is wonderful. And I know uh, that Cheryl and Bruce have done that and with their daughters and, um, yeah. Any, any, uh, any good ones that you could recommend or some that you've done that you have in the past or that you maybe heard other people do? Well, the, Cheryl will probably laugh. One of our big things, and I know families don't do that so much anymore. And both of us, when our children were young, were working and we're in grad school. And, but we like to have dinner as a family. I remember Cheryl saying, but we never know what time dad's coming home because we would say, get off the phone, we're eating now. But there wasn't a set time. And I know families with the busy schedules and activities and, but to even have like a family night, for instance, in Cheryl's family, and we were part of that, if we're there at the holidays, there are certain things they do on Christmas Eve, traditionally, and like we weren't there this year, we haven't been with COVID, and they, they still carried on the traditions. And when your children grow up, they can look back and say, oh, remember how we did all the, like you have your game night. I think that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Jim and I meet at a certain time in the evening and we sit down and we have a, a discussion. And now we're still lighting the fire. And before dinner, we have a discussion on, on ideas, on life. And like I said, we're still a mystery. Yeah. And it keeps it fresh. And um, we don't know that many couples that do that. No. I that's incredible. So I like that you mentioned that? I like that you mentioned fire because I think like lighting a fire, 
lighting a candle yes really helps create a sacred space so that would be one thing you could start creating that sacred space and maybe just saying something right before you eat because eating like everything is sacred right making everything sacred but whether it's something that you're grateful for and not forcing your kids to say it just you and you say it like oh I'm really grateful for my podcast host you know (laughs) and then what else is there really and then you know that'll inspire that may or may not inspire somebody but if you're doing it the show don't tell and you know, or it doesn't even have to be gratitude, something else like that you found funny in your day or something that you noticed or that you, that you found interesting. I think that that, that makes it really um, more, more than just a mundane thing, you know? And, and I, I agree that you always, we, you always remember the rituals and um, rituals are, and, and, and consider the ones that are threaded throughout all cultures whether religious spiritual cultures definitely candles are one of them and that's what i was always interested let there be light let there be light (laughs) and that's what i was always interested in having parents having both of you as two with two different religions and you all always encourage me to go to my friends churches and temples and all the different things and and um and create my own spirituality it's because it's very private like you were saying dad it's private it's individual and you can also have other people that support your spiritual evolution as well and i think the the main tenant that you both have shared and that you represent is that you don't have to agree on every everything you know like one person might think there's yes there's reincarnation the other might not or one might think praying to, you know, to have some saints or some goddesses, um, little statues around or, and to call on them is important. And the other one might think that's ridiculous, but still honor each other's spiritual journeys. Right. I, I like, I like that. The, um, on the, the road to oneness, one of the things when you start getting further and further along, we talk about tolerance of other the other side, but we have to go way beyond tolerance to understanding. And once we understand, okay, now I understand why you believe in, in reincarnation. I don't happen to believe in that, but uh, I understand, you know, how you feel that it makes it makes sense. And so once you get the true understanding of the other person and acceptance and of course forgiveness, that's where that's the road to oneness but if you're still divided over and you're intolerant if you're not even taken step one yet then you don't have much of a chance i mean until you fix it well i do believe in reincarnation and jim did believe in reincarnation he's changed his thoughts on that (laughs) Um, he does believe in evolution of our soul that when we leave the physical body we still grow and evolve but um, I've seen examples of recognition and, and recognizing someone and not from this lifetime or remembering our own experiences through meditation or hypnosis. I think there's a lot of evidence that we evolve and come back. I'll have to remind him of that if we both incarnate and meet again. <laughs> You'll have yeah, to remind but, him and tell him you were right, for sure. I think you got <laughs> I would. I think you got to get it right the first time, but I, I don't want to be back in diapers again. 
<laughs> I would I would love to have you both back and talk about this subject. To me, this is super, super fascinating. Cheryl, is there a good time of year that this is uh or a good season that this is more well, relevant than others? Definitely Sagittarius, but hey, next season is is Aries. So maybe with competition, you know, being number one, like being the valedictorian of spiritual intelligence. Could you give us a hint on how to be like the most spiritual person in the room? What would that take? Obviously, tolerance of someone else's beliefs. Is there anything else for those that are, we could have you back for that, but could you give us a hint, like how to be extra spiritual? <laughs> well, the, how to win? How could we could win? In very short, um, my version would be that if you believe that everybody is has an element of the divine in them, yeah to look for the divine in each other so everyone has the element of the divine that's what yogi bhajan always said if you can't see god in all see god, god, god at all yeah right. and even and there's some people let me tell you there's a few of them out there that it's very very hard to see god in <laughs> it, it's pretty well hidden mm -hmm. in there to see the the light in me seeing the light in you seeing that higher that higher part and and we practice. It's called a practice, no matter where you're coming from. It, it helps me. Go ahead. That's why we're here in the physical. Otherwise, we wouldn't even have to be here. It's here to have the tolerance to um, have compassion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in, in heaven, you don't need compassion because there's no suffering. So you want to learn compassion, you got to get to take human form. That's why we're here, right? The humans are here to learn compassion. Yeah, I do want to share. In the early years, Cheryl can, she's remembering a lot of good, but we grew up with our children. So I'm sure we made lots of mistakes. I used to say, pay someone who wants to hear about it. <laughs> I didn't want to hear what I did wrong. Cheryl, you had brought up the, uh, you know, looking in the eyes. You know, why do we look at each other's eyes? Why do we hug each other to get our two hearts as close as we possibly can? Why do we like to look at a fire? I mean, there's some primordial stuff here that mm -hmm. goes all the way back to, you know, I don't want to say Adam and Eve, but I think that's, you know, that story is a little stretched, but <laughs> it goes back to, you know, the very beginning of humanity. And, uh, and that's a nice, that might be a subject to be interested in in the future is, you know, why is a brand new baby who comes out and knows nothing about anything. They don't know what a body is. They don't know what colors are. They don't know what a room is. They don't know what a crib is. They don't know anything, but they look at your eyes. They search out your eyes like, mm -hmm. like fire control radars. Yeah. What is going on there? It was Plato right when he said that the eyes are the mirrors and the windows of the soul. Yes. Uh, I think he was. And so maybe okay. that might be a subject of interest for you. Yeah, so maybe maybe um, Gemini season because her, um, Mercury, right, messenger of the gods, and also the girl. That's I'm a Gemini son, and the girls are Gemini's, and that's people always ask, oh, was it hard having triplets? Well, when they were babies, they had each other's eyes, those huge eyes. Their eyes pretty much took up their whole head. And they looked at each other. So if ever they started to cry, they just turned their head because they shared a crib for six months and they looked at each other and they automatically stopped crying. Yeah, yeah. so you could just, we were able to visually see, see that in action. Well, thank you, both of you, for sharing your 
spiritual wisdom with yeah. us. Have Jim a great have a the day. Well, yeah, you, you, you both are welcome back anytime. It's you, 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 each of you have, uh, uh, we appreciate the just, I don't know, insight and stories. And I learn a lot and you guys are an incredible couple and did pretty good with my co-host. And <laughs> so we, we thank you. And hopefully we'll uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you for having us on. And you know, you, 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 if you're in the top ten, well, hey, the top ten percent. Uh, we see it going good. to the top three. Why not? Well, in the cosmos, though, not that they're competitive there, but what what they've shared is they all listen, right, Brandon? Like the the cosmic organs and the 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 planets. So I don't think they count in the uh, in the listening population, which is a shame because I think that would get us down closer to five percent. Yeah, at least. Yeah, right. they 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 count it globally here, but they don't count it galactically. So intergalactically, I think that we're, I think we're high. Two. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. we're high, high yeah. there. and that's Have what we want. <laughs> All right. Bye for now. Fourth quarter, this week's top four list. Woohoo! Welcome back to the fourth quarter and America's favorite segment, the weekly top four list. <laughs> I think it's galactically their favorite too. Um, yeah, I should have done that. <laughs> oh, well, next time. Do you want to do it again? No, no. Let's build up to that though. We might okay. be we might be more popular galactically than uh, here on Earth, but let's. We don't know if I have the stats to really back that up yet. So, okay, four ways to tune in to Neptune. Ooh, that's <laughs> clever. I like it. Number four: bring more magic into your day. We're reading, great. yeah, reading poetry from magic mystics or. I've been reading books, seeing what they did. What about and, watching uh, the uh, Potter, comma, Harry? Yeah, watching yeah. that and, and perhaps uh, sharing a ritual, how, how you see one of the witches or wizards do it in the show, inspired by that. Even if you uh, end your day with a bell or a chime, yeah. ways to bring more magic into your day. You know, my, uh, my son showed me a, a magic trick the other day. He's remember he's four and he's holding this thing and he's like, Hey daddy, look at this. And he's holding it. And then he just threw it. He goes, look, it's gone. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, magic. that's, that's pretty clever, man. Mm -hmm. And that we can do that with all of our old emotions too. Right. What if we could do that with all our old story? Yeah, that'd be cool. Here it is. Now it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Gone. All right, cool. I like it. You set the bar high for this week's top four so far. Okay, number three, indulge in automatic writing or automatic drawing. Mm. Like AI? <laughs> so, yeah, like AI. So start start drawing or writing, not for a purpose, and see what happens. Just give like set a timer, give yourself a couple minutes. It's a good exercise for a lot of reasons, but uh, but this one also. Okay, good. Yeah, and look for nuggets that come from that. Yeah. Well, Number two, 
track your dreams for messages. They could be daydreams or night dreams, but track them and look for synchronicities. What if you can't remember your dreams? Though? That's a common thing that I have going on. You could drink blue lotus tea. That can help. Blue lotus tea will help me remember my dreams? Yes. How do you learn these things? Because this is stuff that interests me. Like, oh, huh. well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Where do I get? What is blue lotus tea? I've never heard of that. Yeah. Just okay. Google it. You okay. find the best blue lotus tea you can find. Right. That helps. That really, really helps track well, your yeah. dreams. And before you go to bed, like Neptune said, say dreams. I want to remember you. Okay. All right. Cool. And number one, program your water, your water body. And focus deeply within in your body. Focus on your water body. You were made of mostly water. Mm-hmm. So program it with your sound code, which would be your mantra. Mantra. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say that. So how does so let's give an example? Because okay. I obviously know what you're talking about, but I don't think our listeners do. Okay. So I'm like just kidding. Were- I really have no idea what you're talking about. I'm gonna need help. Okay. <laughs> So when you go deeply into this, your sound and your breath with a mantra, it could be any mantra, like woohoo is a mantra, and you use it to overpower the lower frequencies and to upgrade. So let's say you, you want whatever it is that you want, like maybe you want a victory, that could be your mantra and victory, victory, which is, which is an upgrade. There is a uh, Japanese scientist that has studied water and showing the difference that the water the water molecules have from okay. the the negative lower frequency words and um, attitudes toward it, and then the higher. So it's happening like that, and we're it's showing that in science. And he, I think he wrote a book about it too. It's fascinating to even see the pictures of them. And then our bodies are made of water. So what you say to yourself is very powerful because your body programs itself. So stick with the facts and just watch yourself. Like instead of saying, I feel bad, you could say I'm concerned or I'm going to do this. I'm working through this. I'm increasing my strength. And it's, it's a challenge because heavy programming, it's a challenge to break. And, and you often we have programming from many generations back. It, even something simple as somebody says, oh, wow, you look great. And you go, oh, really? Come on, this old thing, or look how old, you know, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Then you're saying stuff like that, that's bringing a lower frequency into your whole water system of your body. So to have awareness to your thoughts and your speech and work on replacing it with higher frequencies so it dissolves into the cells and your cells vibrate more beautifully because our skin is 64% water. Our brain is like 70 something our muscles are some some more than others but yeah yeah and even our bones are like 30 percent water you know so there's water comprises us and you can program the water for what you want and and really our sound is important for planetary harmony and healing it really is okay all right good stuff as always here on earth And galactically. And galactically, that's right. All right. Well, happy last few days. I think our our next um, our next cast will be the 
right before Equinox, we have a really special guest to talk to us about water, more water. And, um, oh, and it's airy season is coming up. So that would be a great time to join Woohoo Craft, don't you think, Brandon? Because it's number one. It's the yeah, first. It's, it's like the reset. Yeah, it's the first of 12. Absolutely. So how does somebody do that? Go to Woohoo, Woohoo, three O's, W-O-O-O-H-O-O-O, twice, dot com. Woohoo.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can sign up and you get all kinds of things. Each day you get a gift, a breathing gift, you get a PDF. And then twice a week, you'll have talks and, and meditations and yoga. And you'll find out like for, for airy season, what's your rising sign and what does that mean? And what's in your first house, which is a very, very significant house to know. Yeah, the value for what you get is is out of this world. It's galactic. And uh, we should we should add that we should make a marketing piece around that. Um, but no, it's uh, it's an incredible it's an incredible value. So check it out. Let us know if you have any questions. And, and that will help support the show. It'll re- it'll really help support. And then we have woohooers on there. Many of them have been on since Libra season, and they're there to help you. And uh, so they have been able to figure out so many cool things about themselves. So now it's like, okay, we're in Pisces season, Neptune. What does this mean when you have Neptune in your 10th house? And they are able to, after, after six seasons of this, a lot of them are putting it all together. You still have six seasons to go. I would say even now, starting right before Aries season, learning your first house would be very, very significant. We'd yeah. love to have you. There you go. Okay. Okay, great stuff. Congrats on episode 18 now. That's awesome. It's like we're an adult. (laughs) Our podcast has grown up. We still can't drink. All right, we'll we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. We can vote though, right? There you go. That's probably more important. Okay, (laughs) woohoo. Woohoo.